Archbishop, Prayer Director, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, what is now the 10th annual lecture of the Hellenic Observatory here at the school. Over the years, we've hosted a number of uh, very prominent uh, public figures. We've had the pleasure of uh, hosting the Ecumenical Patriarch, uh, Prime Ministers Kostas Dimitris, Karaman Lis. Uh, this uh, summer, we hosted uh, Yorgos Patandreou. We've hosted a number of ministers, Yorgos Alagoskoufis, Dora Bakoyanis, Yanis Papandreou, and a number of very distinguished uh, academics. For this evening's lecture, we wanted to take account of the fact that, as it were, the world has been turned upside down in recent times by the global financial crisis. At the same time, the banking system in Southeast Europe has appeared to be relatively insulated from the dramatic crises we've seen in the West. And that bears further attention, further consideration. We recognize also that Greece's economic position in Southeast Europe uh, has changed on a long-term basis. Her major banks have invested heavily in neighboring uh, states. And in fact, the entrepreneurship of Greek banks within Southeast Europe uh, has been little short of stunning. There's been no more prominent player in this respect than Yetniki Trapezatizalavis, the National Bank of Greece. Under the tenure of its previous head, Mr. Karen Sess, and now its uh, present chairman and CEO, the bank has consolidated its position domestically, and the bank has emerged as a regional leader. The bank has seized the opportunity for expansion, helped, of course, by a world of global liquidity, and foreign portfolio investors seeking attractive rewards. In doing this expansion, the bank has clearly protected itself against uh, foreign acquisition. The National Bank of Greece has maintained its Greekness, as it were, maintained its role uh, as a national champion. A few years ago, in 2006, the bank hit the international headlines by making a 5 billion euro bid to acquire Finance Bank in Turkey. An audacious move, an audacious move which meant that a Greek bank now took control of the fourth biggest privately owned bank in Turkey. NBG, in other words, has helped to create a new climate of some economic interdependence across the Aegean whilst also consolidating national pride in Greece about a strong and extrovert Greece within the region. Also, alongside this strategy, the bank has expanded very much in the rest of the, Bal the Balkans, Serbia, Romania, many other countries on Greece's northern borders. The NBG chief who has led this expansion is our speaker this evening. We are indeed honored to welcome Takis Arapoglu to come and speak uh, for the lecture, the 10th annual lecture uh, this evening. Mr. Arapoglu has had a long career in international banking. 
including several years as the global head of the banks and securities industry for Citigroup here in London. His career has switched several times between London and Athens. Uh, he was a founding member of the Hellenic Bankers Association here in London, and I'm very pleased that we have so many members of that Hellenic Bankers Association with us uh, this evening to welcome him back. Uh, Mr. Arapoglu's reputation has led him to be invited to join several international bank advisory boards across Africa, North America, Europe, and to be chair or member of a string of cultural, educational, and business councils, institutes, foundations in different European countries. I can promise you the CV is an impressive list of professional and public achievements. So on behalf of the school, I'm very pleased to welcome our speaker. In particular, of course, also because the National Bank of Greece has supported Greek studies here at the school from the very beginning in the late 1990s. And this support has increased in recent years with the bank helping us to uh, develop a stronger focus on Southeast Europe. A focus which helps us to unite our chairs on Greek studies and contemporary Turkish studies. Takis Arapoglu has devoted much of his personal time and energy to supporting and advising the LSE in these endeavors. I'm delighted that he is a member, a long-term member, of the advisory board to the Hellenic Observatory. So I would like to record my own personal sincere thanks for his support, advice, and encouragement over the years. The school, quite simply, is welcoming one of its most cherished Greek partners this evening. And I can think of no better person to talk to us about how the banking crisis has played out in Southeast Europe, and in that context, the opportunities for Greece in developing its regional market position than our speaker this evening. Greece is indeed very fortunate to have uh, a banking leader of such international reputation. Without further ado, please join me in giving a very warm welcome to the Chairman and CEO of the National Bank of Greece, Takis Arapoglu, to give our 10th annual lecture. Thank you, Kevin, for your very kind words, yet uh, highly exaggerated. Your Eminence, Your Excellency, Professor Gaskell, Professor Featherstone, distinguished guests, I'd like to thank very much the Hellenic Observatory and the London School of Economics for honoring me today with this invitation to speak tonight about Greek banks and share with you my thoughts uh, on the future. The key theme of my presentation tonight will be the importance of a successful regional strategy for the future of uh, Greek banks, mainly due to their need for size and diversification. I will begin with a short historical overview of Greek banking, delve very briefly into the distant past so as to explain the deep roots of Greek banks in the region, as well as the more recent history of the creation of the modern Greek banking system 
in recent years, which put in, in place the necessary conditions for its current successes. Not to boast, but to reinforce the steady gains of the Greek banking system, I will also briefly dwell on the relatively limited impact of the ongoing financial crisis on Greek banks, and will end my presentation with some thoughts on the key themes for banks in view of the new challenges they will be facing post-crisis. The following three quotes from a paper by historian Elena Frangaikis on Greek banks in the Eastern Mediterranean in the late 19th and early 20th centuries revealed that the regional strategy was important for Greek banks even then. First quote, both the Bank of Athens, established in 1893, and the Bank of the Orient, established 1905, where National Bank of Greece was a shareholder, ultimately came to represent French investors, a testament to the strong interest of French capital in the Ottoman economy, and their close cooperation with Greek investors in the Eastern Mediterranean region. Both banks were regarded as Greek banks, being both incorporated in Greece, with headquarters in Athens, and with Greeks participating in their capital. Second quote. A further important reason for the success was the strategy they had adopted, whereby they viewed the Ottoman, Egyptian, and Balkan markets, irrespective of different nation-state boundaries, as constituting a single regional market. Final quote. Other key factors in the success of the strategy was the uniformity of the economic level of market development in the Eastern Mediterranean Balkan region as a whole, as well as the special features of this market that Greek banks could understand very well. Ladies and gentlemen, as you just heard, approximately 100 years ago, Greek businessmen and banks combined forces with Western European bankers and investors to establish and operate out of Athens regional financial institutions with operations in what is today the Balkans, Turkey, Greece, and the Eastern Mediterranean Basin. Fundamentally, these ventures were targeting to capture Greek uh, banking market share, essentially in trade finance and merchant banking, from the Greek business community in the Ottoman Empire, as well as in Alexandria, Athens, Bucharest, and Russia. A different backdrop from today, a different business model and rationale, different products, yet one common denominator, a regional approach within a large, fairly uniform region with a fairly uniform mentality. Greece on its own, irrespective of the phase it was going through at the time, was always perceived to be one piece of a broader, more complex, and more promising economic puzzle. In the ensuing years, the southeastern European region lost its, its seamless homogeneity due to disruptive global and local political events, successive wars, economic upheavals, and the eventual advent of the Soviet Union put on ice any idea of regional, regional development of economic integration in the area. Many years, modern Greece was politically and economically is isolated from its neighbors. Its banking system, primarily state-owned, was mainly an extension of the state catering to government needs. 
A few banks established a fragmented and at the end overall very limited international presence in distant countries, Australia, Canada, US, South Africa, in support of the Greek immigrant communities that flourished there after World War II. This demonstrably introvert strategy of Greek banks continued for all intents and purposes, always under a heavily regulated state veil, well into the early 90s. A confluence of triggering factors transformed in about 15 years the predominantly state-controlled banking system into probably the most competitive sector of the Greek economy today. These factors include the deregulation, the deregulation of the Greek banking market, especially that of retail credit, which allowed the rapid growth in credit cards, consumer loans, and mortgage loans, as well as the successive privatization of state banking assets. The fall of the Iron Curtain, the adoption of the Euro, and all this within a prolonged period of sustained global economic growth. The then hugely underleveraged Greek economy, coupled with booming economic growth and surging stock markets worldwide, enabled very successful private sector, publicly listed banks to gain very substantial market share from state-controlled banks, which even as late as the early 2000s remained inflexible, unable to respond swiftly to market challenges, and still effectively dependent on a heavily unionized and politically directed framework. At the same time, very successful banks such as Alpha, Eurobank, Piraeus Bank, among others, gained very profitable domestic market share while delivering consistently substantial returns to their shareholders. This was achieved both through organic growth as well as domestic consolidation in the late 90s and early 2000s, growth in scale and effectiveness. The emergence and rapid growth of highly profitable privately owned banks and their prospects for continued success attracted the attention of foreign institutional investors who over time became increasingly larger holders of Greek bank stocks, which by itself was a force for change, especially as regards transparency. The National Bank of Greece, by far the largest bank in Greece in the early 90s in terms of both deposits and loans, was by far the main loser of market share to the privately held banks at the time. NBG was the first state-controlled bank to begin to successfully respond to the challenge by starting to gradually rationalize its balance sheet and cost structure, starting in 1996 with the tenure of my predecessor, the late Theodore Karadzas. These reforms, which continued well into my tenure and one could say still have some way to go, in combination with a series of subsequent placements in the market of government owned shares by successive governments, resulted in MBG increasing drastically its competitiveness in the Greek market and becoming much more attractive to international investors. Today, foreign institutional shareholders hold over 50% of MBG shares, compared to less than 10% before 2004. 
NBG today continues to be a clear leader in deposits in Greece while it ranks roughly equal to Eurobank in loans in the country. Interestingly enough, foreign-owned international banks with a long-standing presence in Greece were unable to follow local banks on this growth path. This was perhaps due to the fact that they never managed to gain meaningful market share in retail deposits and were unable to adapt to local market peculiarities. Greek banks received a timely kicker to their already rapid growth due to timely historic coincidences. By the end of the 20th century, with globalization well underway and only disrupted temporarily by the dot-com bubble, large Western European banks were being, beginning to acquire banking institutions in Central European ex-Soviet bloc countries such as Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic. Their interest in banks further east in southeastern Europe, such as Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia, came later due to the delayed reform efforts of these countries coming some five to ten years later after those in Central Europe. It must be said, however, that though delayed, reforms, reform efforts in these countries were very ambitious as the governments of these of, in the region strive to catch up with the EU-bound train of Central European economies. It was just at this time that Greek banks had developed the size, maturity, capital, and expertise to enable them to expand outside Greece. And the fact that their bordering countries offered opportunities at that moment was, was lucky to say the least. Their expansion was facilitated by the extensive business activities developed by Greek entrepreneurs in the economies of Southeastern Europe, building on long historical, cultural, and trade links. Indeed, Greek banks during 2000-2005 acquired banking institutions in southeastern Europe or established new branch networks. These countries were similar to Greece in the 90s with underleveraged economies, notably very little retail and small bank, small medium, small uh, enterprises banking exposure and high growth rates. They provided Greek banks substantial earnings growth potential, complementing the already existing growth potential in Greece. As a result of, of this, Greek banking stocks began to have emerging market content in tandem with the stability they offered through the MU membership of Greece. The risk profile of Greek banks decreased overall as the expected marginal returns were increasing. As the banks in the region were quickly snapped up, reflecting government's aggressive structural reform agenda, Greek banks also came to be seen as a play on this booming region. As a result, foreign ownership of the major Greek bank stocks increased even further, reaching over 50% in 2007. Yet the market value of Greek banks was still a small fraction of the market values of their Western European peers operating within their own much larger, much more mature domestic economies. Theoretically, at least in view of the large difference in size and valuation, Greek banks were perceived to be targets for Western European banks willing to expand in, other, in another EU country, which would also provide access indirectly to Southeastern Europe. 
This, however, never happened in any meaningful way, principally due to the fact that Greek bank stocks were trading at a much higher price to earnings ratios compared with Western European banks, operating principally in mature markets with lower spreads. Any such acquisition would have been expensive and earnings dilutive to the acquiring bank. Only two relatively small institutions were acquired by foreign banks. Indeed, more often than not, and with very few exceptions, Italian, Austrian, Benelux, and to a lesser extent Nordic banks have been greatly challenged to adapt to the required mentality for success in most of the Central Eastern European and Southeastern European countries where they established a presence. In stark contrast, Greek banks were able to make substantial progress in consolidating their presence outside Greece and effectively operate as locally embedded banks as opposed to isolated subsidiaries of foreign banks. Contrary to their European peers, they maintained an empowered local management, preserving continuity and local expertise. In addition, central management in Greece was entirely familiar with the specific characteristics of emerging markets, Greece in itself having been an emerging market not so long ago. It is true to say, however, that up until 2006, the international expansion of Greek banks in southeastern Europe was relatively modest in size compared to international standards, despite the combination of medium-sized acquisitions and organic growth. Earnings from operations outside Greece did not exceed 10% for any group. As such, international expansion was not transformatory. By, the term, by this term, I mean an acquisition that results in a positive stimulus to the way the whole group operates. This remained true until early in 2006 when the National Bank of Greece, after studying carefully the Turkish market for two years, decided to acquire control of a rapidly growing high-quality middle-sized private bank in Turkey with superior management. Following the Turkish banking crisis in 2001, which resulted as we all know in the collapse and closure of a number of financial institutions in Turkey, the government took the opportunity to completely overhaul the sector. Surviving banks with clean balance sheets benefited from Turkey's strong economic performance in the ensuing years, grew their assets, their capital and their profitability by leaps and bounds, and inevitably attracted interest from international investors but also acquisition interest by foreign banks. For National Bank of Greece, it was the obvious market to look into, it's just around the corner. The su successful conclusion of the approximately 3 million euros, $5 billion equivalent acquisition started a chain of important processes within the NBG group, especially on the operational structure, which had a sizable impact on its profitability, style of management, cost containment, and operational efficiencies among many others. Above all, it enabled us to gain access to a well-regulated, unleveraged, fast-growing systemic economy of more than 70 million people, a market larger than Greece and the Balkans put together. This move in more respects than one took regional expansion one step further, was clearly uh, for the bank transformatory. It placed National Bank of Greece in a different playing field from its Greek peers 
placing it among the larger European competitors. To date, this acquisition has proven to be value-enhancing for our shareholders, as originally projected. 40% of our profits, annual profits, come from outside Greece, 30% from Turkey, 10% from Southeastern Europe. What better proof of the stability and soundness of the Turkish banking system than the fact that Turkey didn't have to provide a bank support package during the crisis. It's one of the very few countries that banks didn't require similar support to other countries. How have Greek banks been affected by the crisis? The expression, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Uh, the, rec the recent international crisis provides tangible evidence that concerning the progress achieved by Greek banks and its regulators, and I must underline our regulators, during the past decade. For reasons we all now recognize, world economic growth started to slow down by mid-2007 with all the effects that we have by now experienced and extensively analyzed. Greek banks were an exception to what happened to banks in most advanced economies, which experienced large write-downs of capital and inflicted huge losses to their shareholders. Greek banks have been operating in growing markets, offering high-quality, sustainable core banking revenues, and had not been tempted to invest in strange, strange assets to enhance returns, as was the case with most of their European counterparts. Neither did they have large exposures, if at all, which in countries which exp experienced catastrophic meltdowns, such as Russia, UK, and the Baltics. They also proved that they were correct in their assessment that the, mic the macro picture for countries in southeastern Europe and Turkey would prove to be much more resilient than what international analysts and rating agencies were expecting. A reflection of both macro and micro factors including the strong structural and fiscal reforms and the existence of sound national banking supervisors, most notably in Turkey. Greek banks also demonstrated that they do possess, excuse me, sorry. That they do possess uh, well-functioning risk management systems Across, across the respective uh, geographies. Asset quality has deteriorated, but to the worst most likely over, the worst is likely to be non-performing loans at a level of 7 to 8%, where at the peak of the crisis, there were estimates closer to 20%. Greek banks also proved to be relatively more conservative than Western peers as regards liquidity and capital. At the peak of the liquidity crisis, Greek banks faced limited liquidity challenges, mainly due to the fact that they could not renew their maturing funding, uh, given that international markets were closed. These limited needs were covered by, via relatively contained use of a government liquidity support package, as well as through the relevant ECB facilities. With a gradual reopening of uh, uh, the uh, uh, international markets, banks are in a, in a very orderly fashion replacing ECB funding and government support liquidity uh, through uh, uh, selling bonds and securities in the international markets. This shows that Greek banks still inspire strong confidence 
to uh, Greek banks, to, to the international community. Regarding capital, Greek banks also had relatively high core capital ratios compared with their Western European peers. Here again, they made use of government support package to preemptively raise tier one capital to cover capital needs arising from extreme stress scenarios applied to their loans. Today, they're taking turns in raising new equity to replace government capital and or enhance ahead of most of their peers, their capital adequacy in view of the anticipated much tighter capital requirements by international regulators. Looking ahead, Western European banks today are clearly not in an expansive mode. If anything, some of them will probably soon be selling off non-strategic assets to generate capital and free liquidity. This will offer the well-capitalized Greek banks a great opportunity to acquire new assets in the region. Today, the large pre-crisis gap in, in, in market valuation between Greek and EU banks has narrowed. For example, at the end of 2004, NBG ranked 38th among European banks in terms of market valuation. Today, it ranks 18th. Greek banks have an opportunity to narrow this gap even further, adapting to changing rules faster and benefiting from their presence in countries that look as if, as if they will be back on a growth path fairly soon. Indeed, Turkey is expected to grow 3 to 4 percent in 2010, and Southeastern Europe, excluding Greece, by 2 percent in 2010, with the post-crisis potential growth rates above 4 percent per annum. This is a great opportunity for Greek banks to grow the statute, the statute further and broader in, in the European banking scene. After all, size matters greatly in banking as it creates economies of scale and scope. With size, however, come very complex organizational challenges that need to be addressed well in advance. Banks need to develop leaner, much more efficient organizations assisted by technology, modern management. They need to progress fast into integrating businesses, geographies, support, and control functions, which is all the nitty-gritty of our business. And above all, they need to integrate the diverse cultures within these large multicultural organizations. Having, uh, having moved on from the era where gaining market share, even to the detriment of profitability, was the only deliverable, we have entered an era where investors focus almost exclusively on profitability and future growth potential. Inevitably, therefore, cost control will be much more of a priority going forward. For Greek banks, this means that structural rigidities, together with higher legacy operating costs in Greece, for these banks that originated from the public sector, need to be addressed and costs seriously contained. Many years of euphoria and strong growth in the top line revenues have inevitably covered a lot of inefficiencies and corporate fat, despite the extensive rationalization efforts that banks have already gone through in the last few years. I believe that this is now the time to clean this up. It is highly unlikely whether the anticipated global economic recovery will be strong enough 
so as to require banks to leverage up again their balance sheet as much as they did before the crisis. Moreover, higher capital requirements will make meeting pre-crisis returns on equity even more challenging, if not, if not impossible. As such, especially in mature markets, the resulting lower revenue generation will exert even more pressure on cost containment to deliver the desired profitability. Otherwise, banks will have to take on much more risk to generate returns equal to the cost of equity. We must quickly phase up the fact that when growth in the world economy resumes, it will be at a much lower pace than what we have been accustomed to and in a much more constrained and regulated environment. Banks, like any other corporation, would therefore have to adjust swiftly their operating models to become more efficient for the benefit of their shareholders, their customers, and their employees. This will present us with an opportunity to review, rationalize businesses from zero base, redefine targets and strategies, and adjust more to a knowledge-based society where value-added products and services will replace the classic one-size-fits-all solutions of the past. This is a sizable task that will present many challenges, but there is no better time to press on with it from right now. And I guess this doesn't only apply to banks, it applies everywhere. Furthermore, I expect that the pressure on cost control will inevitably drive further consolidation in the European banking sector, initially at least within each country and then cross-border in order to reap the benefits of economies of scale and related strategies. History and common sense acknowledge that Greece in itself is a small country to be able to afford many small to medium-sized banks which can successfully compete in today's globalized environment, offering at the same time acceptable returns to their shareholders. Inevitably, if they are to maintain their independence, they must grow bigger and faster and they can do this by growing their presence organically and through acquisitions outside Greece in countries they can understand, in markets offering above average growth prospects, and preferably in countries with larger systemic economies. The countries which fall under this description are certainly not the mature Western European economies, but some of the large emerging economies in Central and Eastern Europe with European prospects, as well as other systemically important emerging economies of the ex-Soviet bloc and the Eastern Mediterranean Basin, more or less as in the late 19th century. Equally inevitably, however, an expansion in such countries, no matter how well planned and executed, will skew banks' risk profiles towards the riskier part of the spectrum. The obvious offsetting move as regards to this risk as regards Greek banks would be domestic Greek consolidation that will increase the EU critical mass of the banks that choose to grow in riskier markets. Therefore, domestic consolidation in order to either control cost and benefit from synergies or to offset a riskier profile as a result of the need to grow in riskier markets is almost inevitable. The market, as always, will decide on timing. However, what I described above would be an ideal scenario. Real life rarely allows ideal scenarios to materialize. Real life is governed 
by a relative randomness, and final outcomes depend on many things, on markets, on circumstances, and above all people. In view of these uncertainties, it remains of paramount importance that Greek banks continue to be profitable, to maintain access to capital markets, as well as keep liquidity for their domestic and cross-border activities. One of the biggest problems in emerging markets is that uh, people keep money under the pillow. They don't trust banks. So funding, uh, bank funding, is very difficult. So uh, developing a, a, a deep funding maze and depositors in emerging markets is of paramount importance. Continued profitability and confidence in management performance over a long period of time will provide the flexibility for Greek banks to time wisely their moves within and outside Greece. Looking at a chart, looking at a chart where we plot price to book value multiples against market capitalization, we notice that investors pay a premium for banks with an emerging market content and with a market capitalization between 30 and 50 billion euros. Large market caps trade at lower price to book multiples, uh, basically because these are larger institutions, more difficult to manage, um, and can handle risk in a more inefficient way. The, except of, the exception of high price to book multiples in the lower end of the capitalization scale obviously represents potential acquisition targets. For MBG, the Greek bank based, uh, the bank based in Greece with the largest market cap, around 15 billion, to move into the premium range of 30 to 50 billion, uh, we would have to double our size. This cannot be done within a reasonable amount of time through only organic growth. Every move has to be measured carefully, planned and priced to provide incremental value mitigating execution and integration risks, while at the same time taking care of the day-to-day -day business. It's obvious that this complex, continuous, dynamic optimization process requires composure, excellent controls, and above all, highly skilled, multicultural, gifted people with local and international expertise who know how to work in teams and are committed to, high, to, to hard work over a long period of time. Development, development and trading of human resources will therefore be center of the plate. The task becomes much more complex if one adds the need for compliance to the ever-changing international rules and supervision regulations, the stricter board and corporate governance requirements, which will all become more demanding with growth in size. There I must make a pause to say that Greek banks have, tremendous, have made tremendous progress in the last uh, few years in complying to international standards, capital adequacy, and liquidity requirements, as well as to universally accepted uh, governance principles, which include all necessary checks and balances a board has to follow. This has had a tremendous impact on the reputation of uh, uh, the Greek banks to foreign investors. Last but not least, today for many complex reasons, banks worldwide have to deal with their image within society. They have to shrug off as much as humanly possible the tainted reputation for the events of the recent past. Especially in Greece where although banks did not go bankrupt, they were accused in the wake of the global recession 
for lending carelessly to unprotected consumers or even depriving liquidity from businesses in need of support. True or false, it is irrelevant. It will require, however, a long-term effort by banks to improve their image. Most certainly, mistakes, large or small, have been made and from all sides, especially in a market like Greece that experienced tremendous growth in the past 15 years. Equally certainly, and in parallel to the strive to remain competitive and profitable to their shareholders, banks in Greece and the world over need to substantially increase what they give back to society. And by this, I do not only mean giving back to society a larger share of profits for the support of worthy, worthy causes, which we must. I mean also abiding by stricter environmental criteria for development, but more importantly, offering corporations and consumers transparency in terms of new products and services. I also mean supporting more proactively customers who demonstrably are in need of financial support in view of the difficult market circumstances above and beyond the letter of the law. Ladies and gentlemen, the world has changed a great deal during the course of the last year. In most instances, it has changed almost irreversibly, at least for the foreseeable future. As such, we need to adjust the way we do business into a more complex, more balanced model, which inevitably will include economic growth combined with more qualitative, intangible characteristics that cater to the fundamental values in life. I believe that Greek banks will face up successfully the new challenges. They will increase their size and presence more effectively than many other European competitors and play a greater role, as they were always destined to do, in the integration and development of Southeastern Europe and the, South and the Eastern Mediterranean region. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, a talk with such authority and, and clarity. I found the uh, trends and the issues you were raising uh, fascinating. Um, perhaps I could begin by drawing two possible implications of the many implications that you uh, developed. Um, firstly, of course, I took from this your uh, argument towards the end that the, the model of banking has to be changed uh, so much. Uh, and that the emphasis must be on cost containment. Uh, would you envisage cost containment in the context of the uh, National Bank of Greece uh, involving fewer, lesser staff in the, in the coming years? Is that, is that an area of cost containment? And the second uh, question I'd raise would be that uh, you emphasize the importance of the region for Greek banks, uh, large markets, dynamic markets, developing economies, etc. Uh, should we assume that uh, the National Bank of Greece might consider further acquisitions in Turkey, for example, uh, because it, uh, it meets that criteria uh, on many aspects? Um, and whether uh, we could see that on the uh, future agenda. So before opening up, and I'm going to invite questions in a moment, I wonder yeah. if I could ask you to uh, sure. respond to those two, please. 
Um, uh, cost of uh, uh, a personal cost is not necessarily the, the obvious uh, thing to go for. Um, with technology, you can simplify processes, uh, but you won't necessarily end up uh, needing needing uh, uh, more or less people. Uh, but uh, one of the most important uh, benefits of running a, a much larger group uh, comes in procurement, for example. Mm -hmm. The larger you grow, uh, if you want to buy laptops for the group, uh, you I'd rather order 3,000 laptops than uh, 50 laptops for Albania. So when we decide to buy laptops, we buy big size and we achieve tremendous discounts. Mm -hmm. So procurement is one. Technology and centralizing facilities uh, and freeing up branches from daily chores that can be done by someone at the center uh, increases productivity, which is another way of, of controlling cost in, in a way. So the answer to the question, it's not necessarily related to reducing employees. Thank you. In terms of uh, further acquisitions in, in Turkey, I think we have the critical size um, not to um, uh, increase by acquisition in Turkey. Um, acquisitions are extremely difficult to absorb, absorb um, are extremely tricky to integrate. Uh, we have a very successful team in Turkey, extremely good management and employees. Um, a very strong culture, uh, and we think now uh, we have the critical mass to go alone in the next few years. When we bought the bank, uh, the bank had 200 branches, now we have 420 branches, so uh, we've got the critical mass uh, not to need um, a, a new acquisition. Thank you. Questions now from the audience. If you could uh, please uh, raise your hand. There's uh, various colleagues around the uh, theatre, upstairs and downstairs, with microphones. If you could just simply identify who you are and then uh, ask the question. There's a gentleman right on the very front row, please. Uh, could we take several questions together? Absolutely. Uh, please. Uh, hello, Mr. Arapoglu. My name is Lucas Piliodopoulos. I'm a Greek student at LSE. I would like to kindly ask for your view of the Greek gross domestic product and uh, your opinion on the budget deficit in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm not an economist. I'm an engineer uh, by <laughs> training. So uh, I'd rather uh, not make predictions uh, on things which are also highly sensitive. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> very good. Um, suitably veiled answer. Thank you. Uh, there's someone up uh, here. I thought I saw someone uh, waving hands. Um, gentleman here, please. Uh, on here. Uh, uh, Will Bartlett, uh, uh, Lisi, a research fellow. Um, uh, when it's a very uh, fascinating story of expansion into uh, Southeast European countries and Turkey and potentially beyond. When you expand your branch network in these countries, do you find it, uh, there are problems of uh, attracting suitable staff and uh, the question of skills and training? How do you deal with that uh, issue? Thank you. Can we get more questions? Okay. Um, the lady at the very back. Thank you. 
Good afternoon. Um, Fodini Kazi from Abogivmatini paper. Um, I would like um, to ask uh, regarding uh, the acquisition of uh, Finance Bank. Um, you, uh, do you feel justified nowadays, uh, after all this time has passed, uh, for the acquisition of this bank? And um, how do you believe that the results of uh, uh, Finance Bank will contribute uh, uh, in uh, to the two 2009 expected results uh, for uh, the National Bank of Greece? And if I can make a second question as well. Uh, regarding the measures, the new measures of um, uh, the government re relating the small and medium enterprises, uh, sorry, um, what do you believe um, the, um, uh, the effects of these measures will be uh, to the market? And uh, do you expect anything from your meeting with um, uh, the government? I mean, the or the association of Greek banks with uh, the government in a couple of days. Thank you. Um, attracting staff, it, it has never been um, the, one of the main visions of this group, as stated on our website, is uh, to be able to uh, be an employer of choice in the region. Um, in uh, 2004, we were we had. Uh, 20,000 employees, now we have 35,000 employees, 35,000 families in the region. Uh, it's a huge increase, uh, which uh, has increased not only by acquiring other banks, but also by uh, hiring people. Um, and we have been able to hire extremely talented people across the three regions that we operate in. Uh, at the same time, we're trying to centralize human resources management and training. Uh, we are not where I would like us to be, but we have made tremendous progress because it's not just training people, it's instilling a common culture as well, uh, which implies being able to uh, transfer employees from one country to the other in order to uh, accelerate the process. So uh, we know what we want to do. It is taking time. It, it's one of the most delicate processes but uh, we, are, uh, we have made a tremendous improvement. On the uh, question on Turkey, um, if, if our shareholders are happy, I'm justified on Turkey. Uh, it is nothing personal. Uh, if it adds value to the shareholder, which it seems it has, um, you know, I'm not seeking personal justification. I'm, I just want to make the bottom line. Um, uh, Turkey has been contributing and will contri continue to, to contribute 30% to group profits. Um, the contribution is something absolute and relative at the same time. If other regions don't perform as well, then uh, the relative element comes into play. And, uh, but, but, you know, 30% has been the case in the last uh, few quarters. Um, measures taken by the government. The, the only measure that we know exactly what is about, the government is, has proposed one measure, which is uh, to introduce a Consumer Protection Act in Greece. Um, it is falsely being uh, communicated that uh, this is a first for Greece. Every country in Western Europe has a Consumer Protection Act, and it's imperative that Greece gets a Consumer Protection Act. 
Um, and we have been exchanging views with uh, the relevant ministry and comments, and I believe that the dialogue will result into something that would make sense for, for everyone. Um, we are expecting to receive um, a bill uh, which will uh, provide us with measures um, to handle problematic companies and, and their debt. We haven't seen the bill yet. I cannot comment on it. What we have seen is the Consumer Protection Act, uh, which uh, looks good, and uh, I think most of the difficulties will be ironed out, if any. Um, so um, the, you, you referred to the meeting uh, between the Association of Greek Banks and, uh, and uh, the Minister of Finance next week. Um, this is the first initial meeting. There is no formal agenda, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Just to follow up on that, if I may, if the government was to uh, pursue this policy of um, helping problematic industries, as a matter of principle, would you regard that as a retrograde step? I, um, um, I believe that banks are already trying to help uh, companies that uh, have problems. Um, and um, there is no uh, legal framework in other countries protecting uh, companies. There is there's framework for protecting consumers. There's no, there's no uh, framework protecting companies. But it's only common sense uh, that uh, banks need to uh, assist um, the companies, their customers, uh, during periods of recession. It is common sense, and it happens. We restructure debt. We provide them with liquidity. Of course, there are two kinds of customers. The customers who have always had problems and who are using the excuse of the recession Correct. to write off debt, which is the vast majority, and the customers who, uh, and the, and the customers who uh, um, are truly being affected by the recession. And, and there, you, you, you simply must help, because uh, you know that in a couple of years' time, they'll be out of it, and, uh, and uh, things will go back to normal. Uh, but the, the uh, you know, banks are clever enough to, to restructure and, and help companies, and they don't need a legal framework to do it. Okay. Thanks. But, but, you know, if there is a bill uh, for this, we'll, we'll look at it. I haven't seen one yet. Thank you. Uh, gentleman here. <coughs> if we can take several together. Yeah, sure. Uh, George Prevelakis. I am the National Bank of Greece. Uh, Senior Research uh, Fellow. Uh, of course, with this opportunity, I would like to thank the Bank of Greece. Uh, I am a geographer, and I, of course, am very much interested by the map you have behind you, uh, which conveys. Uh, it's only part of the map. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you, select, if you select <laughs> if you select a few countries, you uh, you operate what we call in geography a regionalization. You you define a region. And exactly, uh, the idea is uh, about regional integration, uh, regional integration on the scale of exactly this area, more or less. Uh, do you have the feeling of being a pioneer in the regional integration? Uh, do you feel that you are part of an emerging network of economic actors uh, uh, working in, the, in this direction? How do you uh, replace your activity in, in a wider 
geopolitical framework. Thank you. Uh, other questions? Uh, the lady over here, please. Uh, my name is Duygu Yücel. Uh, I'm a banker uh, and, and a BG member as well. Uh, I just want to ask uh, Mr. Arapolo, if on the basics we divide banking, um, banking products um, as a retail, um, personal, and um, corporate, with the parallel to the expansions of MBG, can we say that corporate banking also strengthened? Can we say that corporate banking also, what was the final part of the question? Sorry, I missed it. Uh, parallel to the expansion of uh, Southeast Europe and uh, Turkey, can we say that corporate banking divisions of MBG strengthened okay. as well? Thank you. Okay. Uh, and the gentleman at the back, please. Thank you, Kevin. I'm Giasimus Gerechatis from the European Parliament UK office. I'm sorry, I cannot speak very, I have a problem. Um, the previous government offered to the Greek bankers 28 billion euros in order to increase the lending to the people who need them. What was the share of National Bank of Greece and what use, how you use it, this money? Thank you. Can we take this three? Yeah, I think it's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, regionalization, integration, emerging network. Um, hmm. We are not dogmatic to create a, a, a region. No? If, if we can identify value added for our shareholders, we expand. So we don't, we don't expand for the sake of expanding. Uh, unfortunately, as um, as, as um, loan growth in the countries goes up, uh, you have to move on to another country where, uh, which is not as leveraged as the previous one. But you need to carefully select these countries. So it is not a dogmatic growth. It is uh, a calculated growth. And uh, in, in, in that sense, we decided we're lucky not to go to the Ukraine, we're lucky not to go to Russia. Um, had we gone, it would have been bad for our shareholders. So um, it is certainly not dogmatic, uh, but you need luck like everything in life. Uh, the question on, uh, if I understood correctly, uh, on whether the corporate business will become a, a bigger part of the group. Um, coming from you, uh, we all know that Finance Bank really grew as a consumer retail bank. Um, definitely in Turkey, the corporate sector is, is a growth sector, much more than, than, than retail, especially now. Um, as, as Turkey gets out of the recession, uh, companies will financially be uh, uh, stronger sooner than the average consumer. Um, we'll have to wait for the consumer to feel a lot, a lot better to consume at a later stage. So even for this, um, uh, corporate lending will, will be a priority for us. Um, with regards to uh, the 28 billion uh, package, uh, liquidity support package, that was the question, um, uh, I would like to, to remind everyone that this was not in cash. Um, perhaps um, complicated uh, issues such as these are, are very difficult to explain. 
this uh, um, was a package of 23 billion of, uh, in essence, repo facilities where you would give some loans to the Bank of Greece and the Bank of Greece will give you government bonds that you will repo in the market, so get liquidity. And there were 5 billion which were counted as a regulatory capital for the regulatory uh, capital adequacy of the banks. Um, of this, uh, only about, of the 23 billion liquidity package, about 10, 12 billion were used by the banks, um, if my memory serves me. And uh, National Bank of Greece didn't have to participate in this package. We only took a notional 500 million um, to, make, to keep people happy. And um, we also took 300 million of uh, regulatory capital uh, in the form, again, of government bonds that we took. And um, um, I believe that uh, banks didn't use um, this package um, as much as um, it was expected because uh, this was expensive funding and they could find in the market cheaper funding. Um, Nevertheless, if you look at uh, 2009, loans in Greece increased by about 8% this year. Uh, you may recall that uh, at the end of last year, the Central Bank of Greece was uh, under the assumption that the economy would grow at 2% in 2010. Uh, people said that they would be happy with a loan growth of 10%. Um, so we are here in a situation where GDP will, will grow this year by, will, it will shrink by one and a half. And still, loan growth in Greece would be something like six or seven percent. Um, National Bank of Greece, which is the most active bank today in the country, uh, we have made uh, three and a half billion of loans, new loans in, in Greece this year. Um, we had liquidity, we preserved liquidity, uh, we planned well, we didn't have to use the package, so we only used it in a notional, notional way. Thank you. Um, time for perhaps, uh, okay, there's lots of questions uh, coming. Uh, I wonder if we could uh, keep them brief. First of all, the- Do we get the questions for, from fellow bankers? No one is excluded, oh, okay. but I'm going to privilege one of my students, actually. Okay. Uh, gentleman in the blue, with all of our particular interests. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Sotir Zartaloudis. I'm a PhD student uh, at the LSE and the Hellenic Observatory. Um, I would like to focus, uh, like my question is related to your final part of your presentation, regarding the relationship between banks and uh, the society. And one of the, let's say, accusations that uh, many Greeks uh, 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 have about their banks is that uh, Greek banks usually overcharge about the products, about the loans, the credit cards, uh, the accounts, etc. And uh, there are many studies highlighting the fact that if you compare any Greek bank with any Euro bank, uh, most of the charges are higher. I would like to hear your opinion on why this is the case and if you think that over time this will kind of uh, uh, decrease and will have, have a kind of equal, let's say, treatment. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, is it, yes, the gentleman uh, here, please. Uh, Christos Megali from Credit Suisse here in London. Uh, I'd like to ask the chairman uh, just, just to look a little bit on domestic consolidation. Uh, do you think that uh, uh, this is uh, uh, 
if, if, if that happens, will uh, serve a regional strategy? And uh, uh, how feasible is it in the current environment to realize uh, cost synergies? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, the spoken like a true banker. Absolutely, mm -hmm. impeccably so. The gentleman over here, please. Hello, uh, Costa Seodoridis, lecturer in retail management for the University of Central Lancashire. Uh, first of all, thank you for your uh, fantastic lecture and thank you for giving me a fantastic case study to share with my students next, next week. Uh, well, I would like to ask you, uh, what do you think should be the role uh, as a supporting mechanism uh, for the organization in Greece to expand in uh, the northern, northeastern Europe and the Balkans, uh, I mean for uh, the National Bank of Greece? And how do you think you can achieve uh, facilitating uh, the expansion of other Greek organizations in the Balkans uh, by setting up uh, some kind of uh, franchises, mutual funds, funds that are going to support this kind of activity in the Balkans. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you want to deal with yeah. this? Yeah, sure. Um, overcharging. Uh, first of all, we have to, um, uh, if we are to be objective, uh, Greece has a lower credit rating as a country than uh, other European countries, most European countries today. Therefore, um, no bank in this country or no corporation in this country can ever have a bigger credit rating, a better credit rating than the country itself. As such, uh, the credit rating uh, which determines the cost of funding of each bank uh, is a big drag for us. Uh, we pay uh, much more expensive to borrow funds compared to other banks, same size. Having said that, we are of a smaller size than the average Western European bank. So this makes funding a bit more expensive. It is true that in the last um, uh, four or five years, uh, the cost uh, in Greece, the cost of borrowing in Greece, has converged big time. Uh, compared to other countries, you're the, the average. But one of the biggest um, uh, mistakes that gets done is that we tend to compare, we don't compare apples with apples. Uh, we compare some instantaneous cost uh, on loans with rolling averages published by the central bank. So it is, it is complicated. We don't control the same, uh, the same, uh, uh, the same numbers. Um, it is indeed more expensive for us. We are converging, and today, in terms of fees, uh, we are charging much less than anybody else in Europe because of the social pressure. We have stopped charging for uh, uh, you know, legal support. We have stopped charging for the file, create, opening a file and a new loan. Um, things are, are converging very closely to Europe, while Europe, of course, after the crisis, have begun to charge more and it's turned. As I said earlier, uh, profitability is much more important than market share all over Europe. But um, I would say that the accusations that we charge much more than we should, I think they're overdone. Uh, um, domestic consolidation cost synergies. Well, I don't know when it will happen because it happens, you know, when, when 
other forces um, come into play, but the cost synergies. If you look at what happened in the Spanish market, when uh, Santander, Bilbao, Vizcaya um, uh, so were created, you will see that um, a lot of branches were closed, shut down. And two years later, they opened them up again. And they learned the big lesson that um, you lose deposits and you lose profitable market share when you shut down the sales points. And most of the focus ever since in similar transactions, focusing on integrating, cutting costs on the back office. You know, one finance department, one legal department, um, controls, and uh, technology. So um, it, is, uh, it is not uh, the obvious thing to do is to, to close branches and reduce staff. Mo about 20, 25% of the saving uh, may be some uh, cost because of staff reduction. But the vast majority of saving today comes from uh, integrating the back office. So I, the, you know, the social, uh, the social impact, uh, I don't believe that any consolidation in Greece will have any material impact on headcount. Uh, the material impact will be on, on the support functions. I think, uh, I think, um, oh, there's one more, oh yeah, right. Um, No, I think we've done this. We've, we covered those questions. Ah, there's a gentleman's question over here. A uh, gentleman over here that's uh, advice on developing in uh, Southeast Europe. And, uh, All right. Yes. Um, since uh, 2006, we have assisted about 120 Greek companies invest in Turkey. Um, there is, uh, we've yet to uh, do the other way around, uh, but there's, there's been great interest in, in supporting you know, this direction. Uh, we have uh, private equity funds which we run out of London, uh, which invest in Southeastern Europe and Turkey, but uh, we don't necessarily invest in Greek companies. Uh, we are investing to support the region and uh, the most important thing we, we, we're trying to do, because you have to put the mechanism in play, it is, uh, it is wrong to ignore that, which we have been ignoring up to now, having a customer in Turkey who ha has operations in Serbia or Romania and not doing business with him in Serbia and Romania. Um, I would rather not increase my customer number, but try and get as big a share of the customer's uh, spending wallet on banking in the region. Uh, and this I can justify my presence. I can cross-sell. Um, so, you know, what we're trying to do now is trying to work with the customer um, outside Greece in every single country rather than having him do business with another bank in Serbia. Otherwise, you don't need to have a bank in Serbia, really. Okay, thanks. So. Could we take perhaps just two last questions? Uh, gentleman here, um, on this row here. Shevket Pamuk. Um, you identified the banking sector as the most 
at least well, one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive sector in Greece. Mm -hmm. How do you explain that? Is that history? Is there something else there? Thank you. And uh, the lady at the front here, please. Just have to wait for the microphone to come. Uh, I think you need to switch the microphone on. Um, no, we're not. We're not going to hear you. Perhaps you've got a loud voice. Can you simply shout at me, please? But those who didn't hear it, it's a question about carbon financing and the European Union's uh, action in this area, yes? Look, those will have to be the, the last questions. Okay. Uh, why did uh, the Greek banking sector became, become uh, probably the most competitive uh, sector? In, probably because um, competition was introduced um, uh, sooner and the private sector came up with uh, uh, very competitive, uh, well-run, well-managed banks, which uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons, as it were, and 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 pressed um, the public sector to modernise. Um, the advent of the euro, the as I said earlier, the the um, uh, which brought interest rates down and made the. And, and the opening up of uh, the consumer loan market in the country, which uh, you know wasn't there um, in the early 90s or the 1980. So in the last 15 years, it's the euro, it's the competition by private banks, it is the lower interest rates, is the opening up, allowing uh, consumer lending, um, and uh, uh, you know the management of the institutions that emerged was very professional. Um, so, you know, it became um, a highly, co and competition, most of the time, uh, results into, uh, you know, a greater success, faster. Um, on the question of climate change, uh, we have, we're not ready to go into carbon financing. We're not ready to, um, to, um, to uh, however, NBG in Greece, has 75% market share of green energy financing. Uh, we're probably, we have developed that in the last uh, three years. And um, uh, we have, um, uh, you know, we, we, have, uh, we have specialized in anything related to wind energy or sun um, uh, 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 photovoltaic uh, uh, systems. But we haven't gone yet into carbon financing. We're thinking about uh, going into carbon trading, CO2 trading, but, but this is a different story, not for development. Uh, but, um, you know, 
something that we, we're going to have to look at. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry, the time is uh, against us. Uh, but I'd like to uh, thank our speaker very much indeed. That uh, I've learned a lot and a number of major issues have been raised. And thank you also for answering uh, such a diversity of questions. Thank you for your questions. Um, you, if you are interested in further activities of the Hellenic Observatory, we have the information on our website. We will have a lecture shortly by Yanis Papandreou, the former Minister of National Economy, Minister of uh, Defence, uh, a series of seminars on a Tuesday evening. We hope to see uh, some of you uh, for those activities. Before we finish, uh, please join me in thanking the um, Chairman and the CEO of the National Bank of Greece uh, for this lecture this evening. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.